Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville, fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, partnering with local organizations and citizens to invest in programs that address our community's health needs. Bloomington Health Foundation, improving health and well-being takes a community. More at bloomhf.org. Welcome to Noon Edition on WFIU. I'm your host, Bob Zaltzberg. This week, we're talking with high school seniors about their plans after graduation. We have three, or we have four guests with us. We hope to have four guests with us today. We have three to start the program. Uh, Lucia Walker is a Bloomington High School South senior. Sydney Deltz is from Bloomington High School North. Alex Vanest is from Columbus East, and we hope to be joined uh, later in the program by Jessica Woodrum from Brown County High School. If you have questions for us, you can send them to us at news at indianapublicmedia.org. And we're also on Twitter. You can follow us at Noon Edition. Well, thank you all for being here. We, we do this show every year. We're always um grateful to have uh, terrific high school seniors join us for the program. Um, I, I've given you a very, very short introduction just saying who you're who or where you go to school. And I want you to fill in a few of the blanks. So I want to start with Sydney Deltz from Bloomington High School North about, you know, what are your plans uh, when you graduate? Hi, um, I'm Sydney. Um, I'm a senior at uh, Bloomington High School North. Um, and some plans after graduation. I plan on, after I plan on graduating, I kind of plan on spending some time for myself while I'm out of school and um, unemployed to kind of try and enjoy the freedom that I'll have then to do as I please. I mean, I feel like a lot of times if you don't get that kind of freedom anywhere else, like any time else, but, but when I feel the time is right though, I do intend on uh, finding a good salon to work at so I can enjoy some time also as a cosmetologist, which is uh, another thing I'm doing for vocational. Um, I'm working at a beauty school at the moment, um, kind of aspiring to do something great. And I've always wanted to do this as a career because I think it's something I could always learn from. I'd really enjoy it and it would make me really happy. All right. Thank you very much. And Alex? Hey. So I'm Alex Vanest. I'm a senior at Columbus East High School. Uh, right now, I currently work at a machine shop, Sims Performance Machine. It's in Elizabethtown, and I've been there for two and a half years now. Uh, after I graduate, I plan on going, I'm not going to a trade school. I was thinking about that, but you can do a uh, apprenticeship program through a lot of companies. So Right now, I've got an offer from Toyota to work full-time for them. So I'm trying to decide whether I want to work for Toyota or Central Sheet Metal, which is a sheet metal shop over by East. And it would be a two-year apprenticeship program through them. And then it would move me up to a journeyman after four years. So there'd be four days a week of work one day a week of school, but you still get paid the same hourly wage when you were at school. So I'm trying to decide right now whether I want to work for Toyota or Central Sheet Metal. All right. 
Yeah, good. Thank you, Alex and uh, Lucia. Hi, I'm Lucia. I go to Bloomington High School South. Um, after graduating in a few weeks, I'll be preparing to start as a freshman at IU Bloomington. So I'll be staying here in Bloomington and I'll be going in in the human biology major and potentially adding other majors or minors. I'm just excited to see how I can explore all of my different interests in college. And then after that, we'll see about grad school. So just excited to get to dive deeper into some of these academic interests that I have at IU. All right. Well, let's let's stick with Lucia for just a minute. Can you talk, and then we'll go to, to both Alex and Sydney, but can you talk a little bit about, you know, you had, um, what, through your, your junior year, most of your junior year until COVID hit. So what's this last year been like for you as a, as a high school, the end of your junior year and as a high school senior? It's definitely not been anything like what I expected, um, but I'm really grateful. I feel like there have been a lot of silver linings during this time. So although we've gone back and forth between phase red and phase yellow, phase green, um, you know, seeing our friends in person and not seeing anyone for a month or two. Um, I'm really grateful because I feel like we've found ways, both the students and the teachers at our school to still connect with each other and to make opportunities to, you know, make these important experiences happen that we've been looking forward to. So um, I'm really grateful I've still gotten to play lacrosse and rehearse with my choir in school. And those are a few of my favorite extracurriculars and then my teachers have been really great about being accommodating of the circumstances that we're all in as students during the pandemic. Okay. Uh, Sydney, you want to go next? Sure. Um, This year has been a little rough to say the least, but I know I'm not the only person that feels that way, but kind of like what Chia said, there has been some silver landings, you know, there's good things that come out of everything and even with our current situation being so difficult for everyone, there has been some good things that have come out of it. And uh, I'm glad I've gotten to do what I've been able to do and everything has been done so really safely and it's been awesome. Um, I've been able to pursue my career through a vocational school and I'm so glad I've been able to do that. And it's hard to keep up and catch up with some of this stuff, Um, but I think over time we've um, kind of learned to just adapt to a situation and make the best of it. Well, I want to follow up with that with you for just a second on that because you know your vocation, what you plan to do, you you really can't do that through social distancing. So that's that's had to ha- add an additional wrinkle to your training and to what you're doing, right? Yeah, of course. Um, for quite a long time, we weren't even able to. We weren't even able to attend anything, and it's kind of hard with uh, trying to be a cosmetologist and not being able to do anything practical. So we've just had to do things through online and um, for a, a good time. And it was a struggle for all of us. And we had to get a certain amount of, you know, haircuts and colors and stuff. And we couldn't do that when we weren't doing anything practical for a while. Um, so it set us all back quite a quite a bit, but. Um, after something started settling down and things were opening back up, um, we were in school now. We were able to do more things that are practical. But of course, with like safety guidelines and whatnot, everyone's been doing such a wonderful job at keeping everyone safe and um, sticking to 
guidelines and everything. Um, there's been a, a few things that we haven't been able to do because, you know, with COVID, it's almost impossible. Um, but thus far, it has been a challenge, but overall, it's it's been pretty good. Okay. Alex, go ahead. Um, honestly, I, in my opinion, it has not been that bad just because I've only had really three classes every day, whether I was out of school during quarantine or in school. So I've got like welding, automotive, and then personal finance, which are all three C4 classes. And the only difference really was when we were out of school, it was really hard to, well, we really couldn't do anything welding wise or automotive because you can't work on your own car at home or weld without a welder at home. So that definitely it was uh, hard on all the students but then um it was they made it very easy to stay caught up with the online work while we were in quarantine and then when we did come back to school um they're pretty strict about the whole mask thing which is understandable but it's definitely hard to uh wear a mask and weld and wear safety glasses with that or an automotive wear your safety glasses with your mask because they all fog up and then uh, in your booths, you're supposed to have two people, but then they want you to stay six feet apart. So that was really challenging too. But uh, I kind of liked it because there hasn't been as many students there. So you have more one-on-one -on -one teacher time and you get more, you get a better learning experience when it's just you and the teacher. So, uh, but I mean, of course, there, there's definitely some weird things about it for sure. Yeah, so uh, we're talking with three students who are going to be graduating from high school today. Uh, we They're not graduating today. We're talking with them today. Alex Vanest from Columbus East and Sydney Diltz from Bloomington High School North and Lucia Walker from Bloomington High School South. If you want to join us on this program today and you have questions, you can send your questions to news at indianapublicmedia.org. You can also tweet your questions to at noon edition and we've actually had one question come in already and it's from a, a teacher who says um what lessons should teachers have learned from this experience in in your opinion as students um alex you want to tackle that first experiences as in covid yeah i or... think that's i think that's what she means um you know, what what lessons should teachers have learned from this experience this experience i would assume means COVID and having to, uh, you know, to teach in different ways and with students that have had different experiences? Um, the only thing I would say is don't pack on, like, don't pile on the work when it's at home work. Like, if you've got students in quarantine, try and take it easy on them because it's definitely easily, it's easy to get distracted when you're at home and you've got all all these other distractions you know you're at the house but then you have all your other classes too and there that was a problem with me when we were in quarantine is they were piling on the online work and you had to sit down at your computer and i'd be there for four or five hours yeah that would be a difficult thing sydney i would have to say Practicing patience. Um, there are teachers that are really good with patience anyways, but even before this, I mean, you would have to have a lot of patience to be a teacher anyways. 
but along with everything piled on top, it's hard to deal with all these kids and then trying to keep them safe and um, having to deal with everything else. And even if um, there have been times where um, schools have gotten a COVID positive and teachers have to deal with that, which have done a wonderful job, but sometimes it can be hard because you can become impatient and, you know, it, it'd be it'd be hard to deal with, but I think it's a really important thing to learn now and to maintain throughout throughout now. Okay, Lucia. I definitely agree with Sydney and also um, Alex. I think that you know we've all experienced, we've all had this shared experience of going through the difficulties of either being a student or a teacher or an administrator or staff member during COVID. And so I think that's definitely given us, I think it's helped develop empathy in all of us. Um, I think something to hold on to as we hopefully continue moving forward um, away from the pandemic is just to maintain that understanding and that sense of, you know, we know we need to make accommodations for some students who have needs beyond what can be met online. And also just to know that every student is dealing with their own struggles with mental health and trying to focus at home and just continuing to remember that and make the necessary accommodations so that all students can have a positive experience, whether they're at home, in person, you know, working directly with a teacher, all of those different options. So we have all three of you on here today, and you're all sort of going your different directions, which I think is wonderful for this show. I, I wanted to ask, and I'm going to start with Lucia on this question. I mean, were there times in the last year, I mean, this was your senior year in high school, and were there times when you felt a little frustrated by the way things were? Do you feel like it had an effect on how um, how you were able to build friendships and camaraderie among your classmates? I think, I mean, there have definitely been times that I've been frustrated more with just the situation that we're in. And I think, um, you know, we've all felt that way over the last year. I do feel like in my case, at least, rather than um, the initial isolation that we all faced at the beginning of quarantine last spring, I found that this experience has actually really bonded my friends um, and so we've found other ways to connect. So we had like back in the fall, we would do these distanced parking lot hangouts where we'd all sit in the trunks of our cars and catch up on our days or just, you know, group FaceTime. So I feel like I've been able to maintain those friendships and relationships pretty well. Um, it's certainly not looked like what it would in a typical year. Um, but that's helped a lot, especially in the context of all these difficulties that we're having and, you know, the disappointments of maybe not having all of our same in-person ceremonies and activities getting canceled or, you know, not being able to perform for an audience, that sort of thing. Um, those frustrations are a lot more manageable when you're sharing them with your group of friends. So. Okay. Sydney. I would say I've absolutely been frustrated a few times and, I mean, I, I've always had a hard time in school and given the pandemic, it's made things a lot more frustrating and harder to deal with because I personally chose um, to do online schooling because we were given the option to do either in-person um, or online or hybrid uh, between the two. 
but online schooling, I liked it a lot better, but it did make it hard sometimes. I couldn't really ask a teacher for help in the way that I would in person because they weren't as available. Um, but like what Lucia said, it has brought me, my friends, and even my family so much closer together than we've ever been. And that's another thing I'm really, really thankful for. Um, I didn't have a really good relationship with um, my sister. Um, me and my mom would butt heads all the time. But being in isolation with them, you know, either you feel like you would get more frustrated with them, but over time, spending so much time with them, you, I've um, built this bond, and now my sister's like my best friend, and my mom and I have had the best relationship we have had, and my friends too. I've lost and gained some, um, you know. I learned who my true friends are even now, and like I've built a better bond with any of my friends that I've ever had. And I'm just really, really thankful for that. Alex, how about you and your classmates and your peer group? Um, I agree with both of them, Sydney and Lucia. Um, I feel like uh, this whole COVID thing kind of showed you who your real friends were. Um, I feel like that's definitely a big part of your senior year as you start finding out who the real, who your real friends are and who's gonna stick around or be there for you. And the ones that want to talk to you, whether you're in quarantine or not, are going to talk to you. And then the ones that really don't care and aren't your real friends, they they won't. So that definitely was a big factor. Like saw a lot of that. But um, yeah, I got like friends that stuck around. I got a lot closer with them, and uh, still hung out with them. You know. Yeah. Do Do you think this has has this had an effect on? On your job search, I mean, you said that you you hope to go to maybe Toyota. That's one possibility. Has COVID affected the way you could, um, you know, sort of decide? Because you, you've decided that, you know, you don't want to go to higher education, at least not now. You want to go ahead and get into the workforce. Has it affected your ability to look for a job? Oh, for sure. Because usually in welding, we'd have people come in, you know, and do interviews. Well, now you can't have people. For a short period of time, you couldn't have anybody come into the school but students. There was no visitors allowed. So there was the guy um, from Central Sheet Metal wanted to come in and talk to us, and he couldn't for quite a while. And then, like Toyota, I had an interview with them yesterday, and I had to do it over the phone because they're still not allowing interviews to be brought into the office. Mm -hmm. I think that would be difficult with you know, the skill that you've developed, I think um, it would be a lot better to be one-on-one -on -one and be able to talk about those things. Oh, it definitely is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sydney, how about you? I know you said that you want to take some time off to sort of enjoy life before you uh, maybe start working full-time. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people kind of miss the opportunity because I know a lot of us are, so they feel so rushed to grow up and we have so much more time than we think we do. And, you know, and I feel like now, especially like when we're young, I've been told by several other people who have went through um, this point in their lives and they've said that they wish they give themselves more time and they weren't rushed to grow up. And um, I haven't talked to my parents or a bunch of other people that have said that like, take this time now to do what you want and enjoy 
life while you're so you're free. You have you're out of school, you're unemployed, and you have nothing else to worry about. And I think it's good to enjoy that time otherwise. And um, even as a when I do end up getting into um, part time or even full time work um, as a cosmetologist, I know schedule wise that it does give me more free time. But I won't have enough, I guess, much free time as I would at this point in time now. Mm-hmm. And Lucia, you're going to have a different kind of freedom because you're, I mean, you're you're going to be in school still, but you'll be a university student, and that's much different from being a high school student. So, um, you know, how do you envision your freshman year at IU, and are you happy that you're going to be able to go back in person? I'm really happy that we'll get to go back in person. Um, you know, I've lived in Boynton my whole life, so I'm excited to experience it as an IU student, as I've witnessed so many other people doing in our community as I've grown up. Um, so I'll be living on campus, and I will have that different kind of freedom, right, different than Sydney was talking about, but exciting all the same. Um, and I'll still be pretty close to my family, so I'll still get to maintain those connections with my younger siblings and my parents. And I'm really happy. I'm excited about being able to find that balance of, you know, getting out there on my own and finding independence and then also maintaining these important relationships. So as she was introducing the show um, today, Sarah Whitmire was reading what we call the billboard for the show. And she talked about some of the big news stories that occurred this year. I mean, this has been an incredibly newsy year with a pandemic and with the uh, social justice movement with the last election, with the the insurrection at the Capitol. Um, I would say, you know, environmental news is always big. So I wanted to ask you, Lucia, first, and then we'll, we'll go to the others on our panel today about, um, you know, which of those, which of those news stories will have a lasting impact on you, do you think, or, or will they all? I think the, as she talks about, Um, The protests that we first saw that, you know, greater emergence of the Black Lives Matter movement and these different social justice movements last summer, I think that will really stick with me and also with my peers. I think that was an experience where we learned as a society, I hope, the power of young voices. And so um, that in line with the you know, particularly tumultuous election cycle, I think has really inspired people, no matter what they believe in, to make their voices heard. And so I've gotten really involved in youth voter registration this year. And that's been something that I'm hoping to stay involved with in future years. Okay. Sydney? Um, Like what you was saying, I think a lot of these have been, just in current times, things have been getting crazy. We've seen so many different changing things that are like have made a lasting impact, I think, on everything. I mean, and um, I agree with us as young people using our voices and having our voices be heard. And, you know, I think we can really make a change um, for better. And using this time we have now and, you know, we can see that. Um, things are changing and things are different and there's negative things going on that we can change. So what, what is one of those? I and mean, what's, what's something you would like to see um, change that, that would be a passion of yours to try to work on? 
Well, honestly, there's so many things in this world that are really negative, you know? I think our, just in general, we struggle a lot with equality and um, unrest and, you know, it just, it's so, there's so many things. Um, I think it would be nice to change everything negative. Um, but, you know, I think equality and peace among people, I think that would be one of the biggest things that would be, I think it would bring us together. That's a great answer. I didn't want to put you on a spot like that. Alex, um, what about you when you think about these these big news events? Do you spend much time thinking about those? Um, I, I try and stay away from social media and the news because I feel like it's always very biased depending on which one you watch. And they, uh, they show the negative more than they do the positive. I like to have a positive outlook. And if I start my day off by watching something negative, I'm probably not going to have a good day. So I like to watch motivational stuff and stay positive and have a good day. But I definitely think that it'll all, um, it's all going to have a big impact on us over time. And like the whole COVID thing, I'll, I'll never forget that. That's for sure. Like we're, this like that was these last two years and this year have been very different that's for sure it'll be something to tell the upcoming generations about yeah i think it's pretty rare to be living through a pandemic there's no question about that uh so i want to want to push you just a little bit on that question and i guess it's not really pushing you but you know there's so much of the adult world gets all sort of worked up about um, politics, and I think the, our politics are as divisive now as they've as they've been in quite some time. And I guess I, I I want you to speak for yourself, and also maybe your friends and people that are in high school today as best you can about um, what you see when you look at the whole political structure. You know, the people who are running for president or running for senate or even running for you know mayor of Columbus. I mean. Is it something that appeals to you or something that turns you off? Alex? There you are. I lost yeah. you for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Did you hear that question? Okay. I, I did not. No, I did not hear anything. It was just in and out the whole time. Okay. Uh, the question was about... Um, pushing a little bit about politics and about how, you know, the adult world gets all gets very um, passionate and worked up about politics. We're very divided. And I wanted you to give your sort of take on it as a high school senior, as you, you know, do you pay any attention to politics when you do, do you think it's uh, that people are, have, uh, you know, good intentions, bad intentions. Can you react Um, to that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it all comes down to one thing at the end of the day, and that's money. But I do, I do try and pay attention to it, just because I mean, whatever happens in the government and politics is going to affect us, whether we like it or not. Just like, uh, like gas prices right now, they're going up. Price of materials are going up. Um, and then. It, at the same time, it's however you view politics is probably how your parents have viewed politics. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Um, Sydney? 
Um, to be honest, I've never really been interested in politics or anything. I've always really kind of stayed neutral with everything. But I do agree with Alex. I think a lot of it has to do with power and money. And I've always just thought, you know, with all of the problems going on in the world, I feel like no political leader could fix everything, you know? Some of them might go in there with good intentions, but, you know, no one's ever going to, you're always going to have a group of people that hate them, a group of people that like them. And I think it even just grows us as like more divided. And I feel like a political leader could really never fix all of our world's problems, you know, like, um, you know, just like racism, warfare, famine, and, you know, um, poverty. I feel like, like Alex said, it's all for money. And I feel like they just try to benefit themselves more than helping the community. Um, although some have done a few things uh, to try to help the community, but I feel like man can't really solve the world's problems. Right. Okay. Lucia? Um, I actually have, particularly in the last year, gotten more interested in politics and in our political system. And I think something that, although, you know, I think it's difficult, it's like Sydney said, it's difficult to imagine that one person or one group can solve all of these issues that we find, you know, ourselves facing across the world. Um, I think the important thing that we are seeing is that there are people in our society who want who want to work towards solving those problems. And I think something that I found this year has been really inspiring is seeing how people in our generation want to be a part of that change. So we're seeing young people in high school and college, young adults who are making their voices heard and you know, fighting for the issues they believe in, and then also educating themselves on our political system, on these environmental issues, on social issues, and looking for ways that they can be a part of positive change um, in those areas. So although, you know, there's a lot to fear about our future when we just look at, you know, the state of our world today, I think there's also a lot to hope for. And Although, you know, we're never, it's like Sydney said, we're never, there's never going to be one person who everyone agrees with and everyone supports and will back. But the fact that there are people who are working to make a difference and, you know, set us back on track, um, I guess, to solving these issues and trying to find more unification rather than division in our country, that gives me hope. All right. So I want to, I know that you're not, um, you know, you are all individuals. I, I get that. But what do you think that adults get wrong about your generation? You know, is there something that you hear, um, you know, you'll, you'll hear somebody make a blanket statement about, you know, kids in high school and that it just kind of drives you crazy. What, what do people, what are older, what, what do older people get wrong about your generation any of you can go first on this one um i'll go that's all right sure so i feel like a lot of the older generations or the older people they say you know none of the uh i wouldn't say that they make assumptions really but um they say a lot of the times i hear them say that nobody wants to work which 
I think is true. I think the generation that is upcoming, our generation, most of them, I think, are pretty lazy, honestly, and that they've had a lot handed to them, and they just want to sit at home and, you know, feed off mommy and daddy and not get out and work for themselves. And, like, trades are in high demand right now. There is not – you cannot go anywhere and not find a job. If you want a job and you're in the trades, you'll find a job. Um, But it requires work and time and hard work. So I feel like a lot of the time they're just saying, uh, like, or not college students, but high school and college students, they they don't want to work. But there is just being in C4, you can see how many students there is that do want to work right out of high school. I've got a full welding class, automotive, construction, um, machining, machine trades, everything like that. They're all students that are ready to jump out of high school and get right into the workforce. So that's something that I've definitely picked up on. Can you define C4 for me? Um, C4, is, I don't know if any other uh, districts have it, but BCSE C4 is like, um, let's see. So some examples of C4 classes, I'm trying to think of what exactly it stands for, but it's like nursing, um, welding, automotive, machine trades. It's like uh, high, cosmetology. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're yeah. skilled jobs and it's supposed to be a program where you get into it and after your third year of being in it, you'll have a job. So you don't just, it's not a normal class. It is a extracurricular curriculum class where you sign up to take it it's not something that they put you in or that you're required to take so like i i've been in construction welding automotive um, personal finance econ classes like that uh-huh. that benefit you instead of just um, required classes okay Gotcha. Thank you. Um, Sydney, let's go to you next. What, what do people, what do adults get wrong about, about you and your friends and your generation? Um, to be honest, I kind of feel like the older, like the older generation thinks that at times we were like more uneducated, but I really think that as generations go on, I feel like we become more, like more educated and we learn more as a generation, as a society, you know, I think uh, we're more educated about certain things than the older generation is. And I think even the upcoming generation might be more knowledgeable and educated than we are um, because things are always growing and changing. And there's always things to learn about and know and understand about the way we are. And, you know, um, but also I understand sometimes, you know, they may feel like, we haven't had, well, we, of course we haven't had enough experience, you know, we're, we're still really young and maybe they think that since we're young, we don't know enough. And I think that just, we know, and we're more educated than we think we are. Gotcha. Okay. Lucia, how about you? I think I've had teachers and other adults speak to, you know, my peers and I in groups and, and say things like, oh, you're all, you don't have enough life experience. So you're all idealists. And, it's sort of going off of what Sydney said, like, you know, as if we are lacking in this ability to comprehend, like, you know, all these different world global issues that we're seeing today. 
And I do think, you know, it's true that we don't have those years of life experience, but I also think that you see, you know, there are reports today talking about how young people are feeling less idealistic and optimistic about the future than they have in the past. And I think that's because we are reading about these things and we are trying to trying to comprehend those issues and and really understand like how we can work for those issues and find ways to battle those. But I do think, you know, a lot of adults tend to think that we are a little bit naive and too overly optimistic as a generation just because we haven't had that life experience. And I would argue that actually we do, particularly, you know, in the late high school years and college years, we are starting to build that understanding of the important and not necessarily, you know, great parts of our society. And so I think for adults to understand and appreciate that, that we are also educating ourselves and trying to learn about these things. All right. I'd say that uh, adults should want you to be optimistic rather than pessimistic, but that's just me. Uh, We are joined now by Jessica Woodrum from Brown County High School. Jessica, we're glad you could join us. And I guess the first thing I would ask you to do is just sort of introduce yourself and tell us what you're going to do after you graduate. I am Jesse. I'm a senior at Brown County High School, and I will be going to Ivy Tech for education. Okay. Um, What what, um, interests you about education? So do you want to teach? Uh, I prefer the younger kids um, because that's when the brain is most active, and that's when they learn the most. Okay. Well, this leads right into my next question. So I'm going to start with you on this next question. And that is, you know, who, who has been, and you don't have to name names if you don't want to, but, but when you think about that best teacher that you've had um, in high school, or even when you were younger, since you, you liked the idea of teaching younger kids, um, what makes a great teacher today? You know, what, what makes educators um, really have a, a positive impact on you? Um, the best teacher I've had is Dr. Lori Godfrey, and she is the best teacher for me personally, because she'll listen to the kids. She's open to their ideas where most teachers don't care. They'll just go with what the school board says and their own personal ideas. Um, and she'll take their feelings and their thoughts into consideration. Okay. So just having, having that person that wants to engage you in conversation and and share thoughts rather than somebody who wants to just tell you what to think. Yes. Okay. Alex, what about you? What, what makes a great teacher today? Maybe having trouble with Alex again. So Sydney, how about you? I have to agree with Jess. I think a teacher who is willing to listen and understand Uh, their students is very, very important and willing to engage. I think it makes it more enjoyable um, for the students and they're willing, it helps with their willingness to learn. And I think overall, it makes it a lot easier even with like being a teacher, you know, to, if there's communication, communication is key and willingness to communicate and um, help their students, um, when they need help, I think is extremely important. Was that harder with uh, with with 
being online a lot for the last year or so? Oh, of course. Um, you know, I have to email my teachers and sometimes, you know, they'll be busy and it takes, um, I'll have a question on an assignment or there's something I may need to know. Um, and, you know, not in a classroom, I can't just raise my hand and they'll come over to me and, um, you know, we could discuss it then. Uh, but having to email them and they'll be busy. So it might take a little while for them to respond back to me. So it does make that a little more difficult. But with the teachers I've had this year, I think their willingness to communicate and help me has been wonderful. I think they've okay. done a really good job. Alex, I hope we have you back now. So if we if we have you back, Alex, uh, the question is, you know, what makes a great teacher? Um, my favorite teacher that I've had was my welding teacher, Mr. Gratz, Derek Gratz at Columbus North. And um, what made him so great was if I, if I wasn't doing a great job, he would let me know. Like he was always honest with me. If I wasn't doing a great job, he'd tell me. And if I was, he'd say, good job, keep up the good work. He was always positive. Um, every day when we came into class, he was ne he'd never have a bad day. I'd go in there, and if I wasn't having a good day, he, he would always be positive and try and make all the students have a good day and leave his class um, happier than they came. And uh, we got a lot of lab time in there, hands-on which is really nice in that trade. Okay. But uh, he was always open for questions, no matter what the subject was, and uh, very helpful, that's for sure. Okay, thank you. Lucia, same question to you. I absolutely agree with the other students. I think listening to students is key, and then also just treating every student as an individual, understanding that people have different emotional needs and also academic needs, right? So not everyone learns the same way. I think that when teachers are able to be flexible and adapt their teaching styles to whatever most benefits their students, that's really valuable. And also I would say that the most, some of the best teachers that I've ever had have been so because they've made their classrooms a safe space for all of their students. So if someone is having a bad day, regardless of whether they have that teacher at the time, they know that they can go in and talk to them. And that is someone who is an important adult figure in their life beyond their parents or their family members or whoever else outside of school. So just knowing that a teacher's, when you're with a teacher, you can feel safe and respected and valued. That is the most important thing in my mind. So I'm going to follow up on this question by, by asking this, you know, a lot of times we talked about, you know, politics before, but government and politics, um, I'll, I'll mention our, you know, the Indiana lawmakers, the legislature, or even at the federal government, there are always a lot of people that are trying to um, say what's wrong with education these days, what's wrong with public education, how we should be changing you know, this or that, or how we should have more standardized tests or fewer standardized tests. And, and I guess I, I would start with you, Lucia, and just ask about, you know, your overall experience in, you know, in public schools and um, whether you think that there are big changes needed or, or not. 
Well, I feel very fortunate to have gone to three awesome public schools in MCCSC. I went to Childs Elementary, Jackson Creek, and now I'm a student at South. And I feel so lucky because I've grown up and been blessed with a lot of awesome teachers. So just from a really young age, I had great teachers in my elementary school who really helped foster that like love for reading and love for learning. And I think when you're a super young kid, that makes all the difference when you look at how you approach the rest of your academic career. So if I had not had those teachers, you know, as a kindergartner, as a first grader, I may not have continued to pursue academic opportunity for the rest of, you know, these 13 years. And I do think that, you know, while when you look at at, um, public education across our country, I do think, you know, there are strides that must be made. And I think a lot of that has to do with finding ways to allocate the proper resources to schools and ensure that teachers have everything that they need to do their jobs to the best of their ability and students have all of the resources they need to be able to learn to the best of their ability. I feel very, very fortunate that I've been able to go to three amazing public schools in my life. I'm going to go to Jess Woodrum next because Jess, you talked about how you'd like to work with younger kids and, and Lucia just talked about the importance of that early learning, the kindergarten, first grade teachers. So, so the, the question is kind of the same to you, um, but she gave me a good opening to, to ask you about that from the early education standpoint. Do you think there are, you know, what's your experience been like and, and are there big changes needed for public schools? Um, I think it could go both ways. I had great public school experiences. I've went to several but my elementary was fantastic. She made it so much fun. I despise math, but she made that into a game for us every day. And she put lots of time and effort into making it fun for us because she knew if she didn't have us engaged, we would not care. Um, And I, I think that's what maybe even high school teachers could help do is make it more fun um, our economics teacher, she she makes it so much fun. Economics is not fun. It's not a fun class at all, um, but she'll make it fun. And that's what I think the teachers need to start doing is make it more fun when the students aren't regularly engaged. Okay. I'm going to go to Alex next and then Sydney with this question about, about what, uh, you know, are there significant changes that need to happen with with uh, public schools? Uh, I do not think so. I, I agree with uh, both of the girls. I think the way the teachers um, act and treat the students definitely um, affects the students for sure. But uh, overall, my experience with school has been very, uh, very positive. Uh, it's, it's exciting to be getting out of school but at the same time it's not like you're going to go anywhere else and be able to hang out with your friends all day and uh have a good time so all right sydney i uh growing up i moved around quite a bit um so i've been to several different schools in different parts of indiana and um 
I've not been completely as fortunate <laughs> as everyone else has been with uh, the school experiences. Um, in general, like I said earlier, I've always struggled with school and I've had to go on like IEP programs, which is an individualized educational program. Um, I just had issues with my learning and, um, but sometimes there'd be times where I, it would be made harder to do things because the way I learn isn't exactly the same as everyone else, a little slower. <laughs> um, but I think I totally agree with Jess in making it more fun for students um, to learn. And I think it makes them much more engaged. And even seeing like um, it being in different classes where one was a little more, um, I wouldn't say strict, but it was definitely more, um, I guess, you know, just strict work and um, it wasn't as lax, but you were, I think having something fun to do, but still learning makes students more engaged. Um, and I think it would help with willingness to learn. Um, I know we all get overwhelmed with the amount of work we are given. I know some things can't really be helped with. I mean, there's things that teachers have to assign to us, but um, I think it makes everything a lot harder if there was much more than there needs to be. Um, so I think even less work, I think a lot of people would agree on. But other than that, I totally agree with making learning a little more interesting. Okay, so we we are, uh, you know, we are we are running out of time. We've got two or three more minutes to go, though. So I wanna I wanna ask one final question of all of you, and um, you know, let's let's start with Alex uh, this time, and and. I guess the the question is what what do you uh, wish that you had known when you were a freshman starting high school that you know now? Um, that's kind of a hard question, honestly. Uh, I would definitely try and I'd spend more time on my assignments. I'd try a little harder. I would have started taking um, these C four classes earlier because. I just started taking like welding this last year. So there is a, if you have a interest in something, which I didn't, I was unfortunate and didn't find welding until this year, but if I would have started it my freshman year, year one, I'd be in, well, actually I'd be out of it by now, but there's like three years of most of the C4 classes and uh, yeah, I'd slow down. I'd probably spend more time with friends and not take it as, as serious as I, did like high school is definitely serious you gotta focus on your education but uh i would um try to not oh uh trying to think don't stress so much yeah don't stress yeah so don't much. stress don't <laughs> stress it like that ask for help don't be a don't be embarrassed to ask for help or uh, get confused and go to your teachers more mm-hmm. okay good uh, about 30 seconds each. So, Jess, how about you? For me, I dropped my core four classes, which is my math and English and all that freshman year because I was struggling with my math. I had chemistry, algebra two, and geometry all on top of each other. And I was too afraid to ask for help because, like, at that specific school, the teachers weren't, I guess, open enough to do it like offer help either and I was too scared to ask for help so I would definitely agree with Alex and say ask for help okay Sydney 
I would agree with the same thing. I always struggle with asking for help uh, because I can get kind of socially anxious at times. But I would say, no matter what, ask for help. And if you feel embarrassed, the embarrassment's going to go away, you know, and you'll be much more, you'll be a lot happier after you have asked for help then. And you never know, someone else in the class might have been wondering the same question. You might have helped someone else as well. Okay, Lucia, about 30 seconds, finish us off. All right. Um, I think, you know, look, as a freshman, I remember thinking it was so crazy when seniors would say like, oh, high school passed in the blink of an eye. And it definitely didn't feel like it did um, while it was happening. But I think I would tell myself now, or I would tell myself as a freshman just to value this time with my friends and, you know, to know that they're the next chapter of our life, regardless of where we're headed, um, it is coming quickly. And so just to take advantage of the resources that you have at school, at home with your family, um, among your friends, and to really value all of those memories that you make um, during these, these four years. All right. Thank you very much. We are out of time. It's been a great conversation with Lucia Walker, Sydney Diltz, Jess Woodrum, and Alex Vanest. For um, my producer, our producer, Bento Boutier, and engineer John Bailey, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU Public Radio. A podcast of this program is available at WFIU.org slash Noon Edition. Production support comes from Smithville, fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, partnering with local organizations and citizens to invest in programs that address our community's health needs. Bloomington Health Foundation, improving health and well-being takes a community. More at bloomhf.org.